0: Tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit Neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Glad you could be here this morning. Great time of worship and to gather together and thanks for joining us. My name is Mike, and I have a confession to make. I have an obsession. Many of you know it already. It's flashlights. I don't know what it is about flashlights, but uh, I have, how many many of you like flashlights? Okay, how many of you have more than 10 flashlights? A few of you, God bless you. Yeah, this is only but a small, 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 small uh, version of flashlights. I give out flashlights for Christmas to my grandkids and my kids and they are saying, dad, papa, we've had enough. Never. Auntie's cool. Like, look at this one. This one's solar powered. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. This one's solar powered too, and it can do all kinds of things. It even has a uh, um, siren on it somewhere. Like, anybody can really hear that. <laughs> but it has a compass. And I, okay, it won't stop. There it goes. Uh, there's all kinds of fun. And the, I love this one. There we go. This one is a, is a book light. Ready? Ooh, you know, kind of cool about that. There's a headlight flashlight, all these different uh, flashlights you can hang on things and do things with. I, I could be here all day doing these things. But uh, I I love, one of the reasons I love flashlights is that uh, they help me see in the dark. Uh, they help me read. And actually some of you wonder, why does Pastor Mike not have a paper Bible? Why does he use a uh iPad. Well, one of the reasons I use an iPad is because it's backlit. And because of my learning disability with dyslexia, it's so difficult for me to read on the regular page. And I need it backlit words actually help me read because normally when I read uh, off of a page, uh, the words just jump around automatically. It's kind of a fun little party on my page right there. And I can't actually see what's going on. So I need the backlit screen, but the light helps me and it helps me as I move along, and and it helps me read, and and actually I just don't like darkness, and so I love the light. As some of you uh, like in our office, my office is very bright and light, and I love that because I love the light, uh, and I really never like darkness. Light pushes away the darkness, and you can see better, walk the right path, you don't bump into anything that you're not supposed to bump into. But I also like the warmth, light of a fire. Isn't that fun to sit around a fire and the warm light there, or or the the uh, um. Warmness of a well-lit house, or just the beauty of good lighting. We had the opportunity a while back to go to Athens when we were doing some work with refugees, and we stopped by the the Parthenon, and they light that baby up, and it looks amazing. Look at that! Didn't that picture look great? Uh, Just a beautiful thing. But then I love also God's lights. Uh, Any of you seen the beauty of a sunrise or a sunset? Oh yeah, it's just amazing. Or then you know when the when the uh, sun has set, and then now the night sky lights up, the moon, the stars. It's just incredibly beautiful. Matter of fact, if you ever go to Hume Lake, uh, which I've gone every year since I was in high school, and you look up at the sky and it just bursts forth with all these incredible lights and you see shooting stars and it's just incredible, amazing time. Light is a good thing for it speaks of Jesus. John chapter eight, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but we'll have the light of life. The light of life is so we can see clearly how to live life well, to thrive. And as Jesus put it in John 10, 10, he says, a thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That means thriving to the maximum that Jesus came for that for us, but also so that the darkness would be pushed back and fears settled in life. Psalm 27, verse one says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? King David, as he wrote that Psalm, could not, uh, did not want to leave in the presence of God's light in his life and long to dwell in the presence of God's light. For when we bask in God's light and walk in the light of all of who God is, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and his way of life, we experience life to its full. We're walking in the light. In that, there is help in times of trouble. There is joy in all circumstances, good or bad, uh, to us. That connection, sense, and belonging is there. That inner peace that settles life's anxieties and that sense of purpose and of meaning and fulfillment and love that is like nothing else in this world. Walking in the light of Christ is what living out our faith is really all about. And these letters of John that, that uh, uh, Sean alluded to, talked about, that these letters of John, John, uh, 1 John, Second John, Third John, help give us some practical steps in walking in the light of Christ Jesus. It's living in light of the truth of Jesus's resurrection. Remember, we talked about this last week that, that the reality of the, Jesus's resurrection is that verification, that validation, that guarantee that all Jesus taught is true. He taught that he was the light of the world. It is true because of the resurrection that God loves us and he wants us to be connected to him and live as he created us to live. And yet, unfortunately, we have this darkness issue, even within ourselves called sin. Now, Jesus came to deal with that sin. And that's really what Easter Holy Week is all about. Christ coming into Jerusalem, T- taking on all different teachings and things like that, the Monday, Thursday time of the disciples with the upper room, then Good Friday happened. Not good that it seems, but good to us because Christ took the punishment for our sin and laid it on Himself and paid the ultimate price by dying on a cross. But yet He rose the third day, saying that He is the one who is the light of the world. He is the one that, that takes care of our sin issues, that we now can have an incredible relationship with God and enjoy him and have that understanding that we will make it to heaven and that we will fill, fulfill our full potential. It's just like, it's like turning on a, a flashlight. It does no good unless the the, the flip the switch is flipped. Anybody, any of you guys want a flashlight this morning? I got, I got a few flashlights to, to share Anyway, oh, Okay, pass that way back, all the way back. Oh, all the way back. Here we go. Look out, they're coming. Here we go. Uh, don't let any of them hit you. Okay. Now, if you come in the next few weeks, we'll give out some more. But sit closer so you don't get bonked by a flashlight. But see, just like it, 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 flipping on the light of a switch, it turns the light on, so in a sense that we turn uh, we flip that switch and, and enjoy that time of it being turned on in our life. It does no good unless the switch is flipped on. And we flip on the switch by faith and then living in light of, the, of Christ Jesus, trusting in who he is and following his way of life. And so over these next few weeks, we'll be learning from these letters of John. And this morning, learning from how to, how to take strides of truth and love how it takes strides in truth and love. As we look at First John, that very first few verses, and then look of all of Second John. Three strides to walk in the truth and love of Jesus, where the truth and love of Jesus enlightens, illuminates, and brings on joy of connection. So let's delve into this study this morning. But before we do, if you wouldn't mind uh, standing to your feet and, and let's pray and ask God to enlighten us for what he wants us to learn today. Father God, we just come before you and uh, thank you. You are the light of the world, that way greater greater than any flashlight, you can light up life like none other. You not only expose the darkness and push it away, but you also bring great warmth and peace and guidance and strength and help all through life, all through this dark world. And so God, this morning, as we start looking at some practical ways to walk in the light of Christ, God help us and encourage us and walk us through this, maybe learn something from you. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat, and I encourage you to uh, take out your Bible and open up to the b- book of First John. It's found towards the end of the New Testament there. encourage you with that. Also, I want to encourage you to take out the worship folder that you received when you walked in. If you're online, this is online as well. Inside there, there's that card. encourage you to write a prayer request for you uh, on behalf of you or someone else, and we'd love to pray for you this week. I keep these on my desk. I pass them out to the right people to pray for them, and then I, I pray for you all week. This morning, I prayed for those I received last week, uh, I'm always praying for him all week, but this morning specifically. There's some blanks to fill in. I encourage you to, to write down the uh, answers. They'll be up on the screen online. They'll be uh, is there as, as well. Also encourage you to pick up a study guide. Uh, they're uh, available in the back. They uh, are great opportunities for you to uh, get the answers to fill in the blank, uh, blanks and also all the extra verses that are there. Plus there's some great questions and there's some links uh, to some good helps along the way. Those are also on our website, and I encourage you to, to take a look at those as we walk through this. We uh, we're hope, Our hope is that you would take this study and use it throughout the week. Look up those extra verses. Uh, that's why we have a Revive section on our website, Revive Your Soul. It's an encouragement. All these different links are there, and there's also a link to our podcast, which we do most each week, and you can tune into that. Now, with these letters of John, we're not absolutely sure who wrote them. Um, They're called John because it's some John. Either it's an elder called John that was in the church at that time or in one of these house churches, or it was actually the Apostle John, which most things point to that. And the reason why is because the language in uh, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John is very similar to that of the Gospel of John, which is written by John the Apostle. There's a lot of Johns in the Bible, you know, John, the Baptist, John, the apostle, John, this elder, we're not, we're not sure, but so just, you can get them straight as we go along today, but, uh, but this was written, these, these letters were written to house churches, uh, much like our life groups that we have here, small gatherings of people encouraging them on in the faith. And so we can take those as encouragements to us as we gather as a, as a larger church and also in our small groups, we can gather and help them uh, move along and move along in our faith and to live as Jesus intended us to live, to live life Jesus's way. It is in his light that we live our life. And yet there is also the looming darkness that is part of our world. And these chapters help us deal with that as well. And I encourage you also, there's a link to a, um, a video from the Bible project on these uh, letters. And there's a great uh, video view of that. I think you'll really enjoy that. I encourage you to look into that. Uh, but now let's look at these three strides to walk in the truth and love of Jesus. For the truth and love of Jesus enlightens, illuminates, illuminates, and brings on joy, joyful connections. The first of these three strides to walk in the truth and love of Jesus is to love, or to, is, to, is living in light of the truth of the resurrection. And so if you have your Bible, uh, open up to 1 John, and let me just read the first few verses there. John writes, and we, we're not sure if it's the elder John or John the apostle, but I think it's John the apostle. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched in our hearts concerning the word of life the life was made manifest that and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us now John is talking here about what we've seen from the beginning talking about all throughout Scripture if you're with us on Easter we talked a little bit about that when Jesus, miraculously showed up right after the day he was resurrected with two people walking to Emmaus, on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus was there, disguised at first, talked to these people, and in that, he went through all of the books of Moses, which is the first five books of the Bible, and all the laws and the prophets, which is most of the rest of the Old Testament, And he explained to them about Messiah, about him, about Jesus, and how he was to live and set up his kingdom and how he was to seek to defeat the greatest enemy, which was sin, that he would die and then he would raise again. And so Jesus went through the scriptures of that. And so John is saying that, you know, that from the beginning, you've seen this. And and, and it was important that they now walk, how God's plan was to move people out of darkness and into the light where we would be who we are created to be, to thrive regardless of the circumstances of life. And they have seen that. If you notice all throughout this uh, scripture, these first three verses, uh, the first two verses, there's just a lot of uh, words about seen and looked and manifest and seen and manifest again. It's these words about all visual words because Jesus's resurrection was real. They did not just observe it and hear about it. They observed it and they experienced his light, his light filled life. And, it, and then they had those aha moments that we talked about last week. The reality of Jesus' resurrection has set faith to a whole deeper level. It's, it's the belief that it's all true. And then the resurrection has brought faith into the light of reality We can now move through life with the assurance that Jesus is the way to go. Remember Jesus even said that in John 14, 6, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So to walk in the light is a life that is continually learning about Jesus and about his teachings. He is the light of the world. And adjusting life to his will and way That, that we are to, Read and study and apply God's light, the light of God's word, the Bible. We're to read about forgiveness. Jesus had a lot to say about forgiveness that we are to forgive. The Bible word for forgiveness is to let go, that we are to let go of those offenses against us, to let them go. Forgiveness is not easy, but God said to, and we're to apply that to our life to learn how to continue to forgive. The same way of loving our neighbors, that we're challenged through Jesus's teachings to love our neighbors, that we should practice and figure out how to do that and apply that to our life, and then and to being selfless, to not be so focused on ourselves but to be focused on others. The, Jesus taught about that, and we're to apply that to our life. See, belief shows. So, so flip on the light. Psalm one hundred 19 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path because it reveals, it reveals Jesus. Life in light of who he is and his, that, that his way is the light of life. One of my cool flashlights kind of gives illustration of this. I needed to buy some new, uh, some new Crocs to, um, to do the yard work with. And wouldn't you know that? There were some cool flashlights you can attach to your crocs as you're walking along. Now, isn't that totally cool? So when I go out and do at night, you know to go find something, I can see the way. It's a light unto my path. Yes, I am a little obsessed. They even flash, which I think is really cool. Oh wait, some different circumstance. Here we go) you're probably thinking, man, who is this guy? <laughs> but what the word of God illuminates is the light of life. The light of who Jesus is and his teachings are the light of life, how we should live. So we're to know Jesus and to, to, to use Jesus' guiding light of his teachings as the best way to go in life. In addition, this living in light of the truth of Jesus' resurrection, it also connects us. Look at now verses uh, three and four of 1 John. That which we have seen, again, about the resurrection, about the live Jesus, and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Christ. And now we are writing these things so that our joy, and other manuscripts says, says your joy may be complete. The word fellowship in the Greek, which is this Bible passage was written in, uh, is the word koinonia. It means close, interactive, participatory, sharing, belonging kind of connection with others and with God. It's living confident of the truth of Jesus as that validating, verifying, and guaranteed because of Jesus' res- resurrection that binds us together with other fellow believers because we all believe that same reality, and then we have belonging in that, and in that, there is incredible joy. I can't tell you how many stories that I've heard, even within our own church, of people who have been kind of feeling lonely out in the world. They've been trying to uh, make it, and yet they come into the church, and they begin to make friends that they sit around, get involved in a life group, and, and they feel this connection, this sense of belonging, because that's what it's like to live in the light. There's a great sense of belonging in that. For the truth and love of Jesus enlightens, illuminates, and brings on joyful connections. So flip on that light of belief and walk in the light of Jesus. The next stride to walk in the truth and love of Jesus is living in light of true love. So take now your Bible. You're in 1 John. Flip over now to 2 John and we'll walk through those verses there. It starts off... The elder to the elect lady. Now, when we talk about 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, they didn't necessarily come in that order. We're not really sure of the order of those. This actually, 2nd John may have been the first letter, and then 3rd John, and maybe 1st John. It's 1st John there because it's a longer passage. These are shorter, but it says, to the elder, the elder to the elect lady. Now, the elder, again, could be John the apostle or John called the elder. To the elected lady, that is talking about a house church and her children, those who attend that, whom I love in truth and not only I, but also all who know the truth because the truth that abides in us will be with us forever. Grace and mercy and peace be with all of us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son in truth and love. That's an introduction to the letter. Now he talks about what's going on here. I rejoice greatly to find some of you walking in the truth just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, dear church, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, in other words, it's not a new thing he's writing here, but one we have had from the beginning that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments, talking about Jesus, this is the commandment, just as you've heard from the beginning so that you should walk in it. We are to walk in the truth that the resurrection validates that Jesus is our King and our leader and our Lord and the light of the word to follow him. And he is the light of the world that we should follow him. And so how do we do this? It's not a new commandment, but we're to live a life of love. Jesus put it this way. If you have your Bible, turn over to the Bible book of Matthew, chapter 22, starting in verse 35. Somebody came up to Jesus. He was actually a lawyer, came up to Jesus and asked him a question, testing him really, but the answer was great for us. He says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbors yourself. On these two commandments depends all the law and the prophets. In other words, you can sum up the Bible by saying it's all about loving God and loving other people. That we're to love that way, and we're first to love God. And Jesus said it this way in John fifteen, John fourteen, fifteen. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Did you capture that? If you want to love Jesus, do what he says. Follow his commandments. So it's an active love. An active love of surrendered obedience, not to self, but to Jesus. Too much our greatest affection is us. But did not Jesus say in Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Taking up his cross, a cross was always a symbol of death. To take up a cross means to die to self. Not my will, God, but yours. How do you want me to live? And it's not that we're under God's thumb. Oh, we gotta be obedient to him. Like this this tyrannical God that says, here, follow and do these crazy things I ask you. No, he wants us to step into his lane of life, into his light, because that's where we truly become ourselves. When we follow God's way, we were designed, created by God, knit together Psalm 139, to follow and to be in his light, to live in light of who Jesus is and his way of life. And we're to move with that. That's what it looks like to live in the light, to take up our cross and to follow Jesus. Now, I know it's not easy. I want things my way. And yet to love Jesus, the way he asks to be loved is to walk in his light and his way to follow him and to obey him again, to lean into his teachings and to bring them into our life. It's like the story of the good Samaritan. Some of you know that story. Yeah. It's found in Luke. You can write it down. Luke chapter 10, verses 24 to 37. Jesus was telling this story to give an example of what it is to love others. So, you know, we already know where to love God, our heart, mind, body, and soul. And someone said, well, and Jesus said, you're to love your neighbor. And someone said, how do I love my neighbor? And then he tells them this story. And the story is that it's about a man who was on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. Everybody knew that that was a very treacherous road. And he was beaten, stripped naked, left on the side of the road, bleeding, dying. And along come two, and this is just a story. Jesus is trying to illustrate this. Along come two religious leaders. Now, the, the Jewish people who were listening to that story didn't like the the... The religious right anyway, because they put on all these crazy rules and kind of kept them under the thumb of, of rules. And they came along, saw the body, and then walked on the other side of the road and went on. And the, the Jewish listeners hearing that would like, say, of course they would. They don't do anything. They don't really follow the heart of God's word because the heart of God's word is all about love and about loving our neighbors. Actually, back in Leviticus, it says, love your neighbor. All the way through, it talks about how we're to be people who reach out to people who are in need and to the sojourner and to the foreigner and to the person who's in need, that we're to take care of those in our society and to look out for them. And so, of course, the crowd said, of course, these people are gonna walk on the other side. And then Jesus flips the story like he always does in so tremendous way. He said, then along came a Samaritan. And And the people listening would go, ooh. You can almost hear the hiss and the ooh. Nobody likes Samaritans. You see, back then, it was worse racially than it is now. I mean, you had a definite divide, not only against Jewish people and everybody else, but if you were a Samaritan, you were like worse than dogs. As a matter of fact, they called them dogs. And they were the lowest form of people, were these Samaritans. So when Jesus brought up Samaritans, people cringed and they held back. Jesus said, a Samaritan came along bound his wounds up, picked him up, took him, paid for him to be taken care of. And you can just see the flip in that. Jesus was encouraging that we are to love others, to love people in need, to sacrifice time and money and to cross social and racial divides. There's a lot more to that story, but Jesus also said in that upper room, that night before he was crucified, that Monday, Thursday, this is the mandate. Monday means mandate. This is the new mandate, the mandate God gave. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. That's just after he washed the disciples' feet. Washing the disciples' feet was an act of, 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 of submission to other people. And we're to do that. With other people. We're to love them, to care about others, to learn other people's names, to get to know each other, to go out to coffee or to have a meal together, to include others in our life. One of the greatest tragedies of our world today is all about exclusion. You know, this group and that group, us, them, you know, we're this generation that does everything. We're, we don't want to include you. And, and we, we're so exclusive and we need to be more inclusive. We have that fellowship of Christ. It ought to be the thing that binds us together. We're here to bless and to be a blessing to other people. So who is that for you? I bet if you asked, God will give you a name. Go bless that person this week. That's what living in the light of of true love is. For the truth and love of Jesus enlightens and illuminates and brings on joyful connection. So flip on that light. Of Jesus and let's love like Him. Yes, we're to love like Him, and yet in that there is a caution in this in this stride to walk in the truth and love of Jesus is to walk wisely. Let's look again at Second uh, John. Go back and open your Bible to Second uh, John. Now the latter part of that verse, starting in verse seven. It says. For many, 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 for many deceivers have gone out into the world; those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is a deceiver and an antichrist against everything that Christ is. Watch yourselves, so that you may not lose what you have worked for, but may win a full reward. In other words, be continuing on, living in the light. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide. In the teachings of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teachings has both the father and the son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting for whoever greets him takes on part of his wicked works. And then he gives some final greetings. You can read those later, but there are deceivers. There are imposters, those who look like followers of Jesus, but are really not. If they attend church, they seek to sway people away from Jesus and onto either themselves or to issues or things that have nothing to do with living in light of Jesus. And we're to be aware. We're to notice. Verse 8 says to watch yourselves. That's to be vigilant, to eyes wide open, and be aware that there are not nice people out there, even at church. Now, it's not that we demonize everybody that's not exactly like us. But the word to be watchful. And the measure is do they abide in Jesus' teachings? Are they encouraging abiding in Jesus' teachings? To abide means to remain in, to be committed to, or to live in light of Jesus, who he is, and his way of life. Jesus put it this way in John 15, verse 4 Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I went this morning to uh, my neighbor's lime tree. It was on my side of the property. Or excuse me, lemon tree. It was sticking through my lattice. Now, uh, I cut this off of the branch. Will this branch live anymore? Will it produce it? There's a bud right here. Will it produce a, a lemon out of that bud? Why? because it's not connected to the life-giving, life-flowing energy from the rest of the tree. I just sealed this branch's death, sorry. But it, it, it doesn't work. So that's the illustration. Jesus says, unless you abide in me, connected to him, there's no life in here. There's no producing of fruit in here. We need to be connected to Christ, to abide in him. How we first get connected is to come to faith in Jesus, to believe that we're sinful, that we need a savior, and that is Jesus. If you haven't yet done that, I encourage you to investigate Jesus and make that commitment. Once you have, you need to stay connected. How we stay connected is through constantly uh, encouraging that relationship, to abide in, to remain in Jesus. It's the same as walking in the light it's that continual fostering of relationship practicing faith learning and growing it's the discipline of faith proverbs 12:1 says this whoever loves discipline loves knowledge but he who hates reproof is stupid the word discipline means training education learning instruction reproof correction it's the full field of learning meaning trying, failing, gaining, making mistakes, getting up, willing to be wrong, seeking to be better. That's how we put ourselves in an environment of growth. It's following Jesus and living in light of Jesus. And if people are telling you Jesus is not the way or not encouraging you to live, imbibing in him, don't let them in that place of influence in your life. Now, remember, time and attention are influence. And if we're giving time and attention to scrolling through media, TV, movies, and they're the main influence to us, we're not abiding in Christ. Abiding in Christ is to walk in his life. Maybe take a little inventory of your time and maybe add a little bit more Jesus to be that key influence in our life. We do that through serving and loving and practicing faith and obedience and learning It will make a difference for the truth and love of Jesus enlightens illuminates and brings on joyful connections. So be wise and discerning and flip on that light of wisdom in your life. Yes, flashlights are fun. They light up life with direction and guidance, expose hazards and more. In darkness, light is essential. The truth is we live in a dark world. I mean, just this morning as we were coming in, I, of another shooting, will it ever stop? If the light of Jesus is available and we should walk in that light and we can, we can walk in the light and love where it is important. And as we are living in the light of the truth of, because we can live, living in the light of the truth of the resurrection, living in the light of truth of love and then walking wisely, for truth and love of Jesus enlightens, illuminates, and brings on joy. So let's enjoy, and have fun, and walk in the light of Christ. Will you pray with me? Father God, as we just are thankful for these letters of John, uh, to want to help us to to be a little more practical about living in light of the truth of the resurrection. God, help us. Help us to remind ourselves of the truth and the validity of the resurrection and, and live in light of that. To Live in light of the, your true love for us and that we should have that love for others. And yet, Lord, in that to, to be wise, to realize that there are not nice people out there that do want to sway us and change us and have us move away from your light, Jesus. Help us in that. Not, not to demonize everybody, Lord, but to be wary and to let the true influence of you shape our lives and guide us. Thank you, God. Encourage us in that, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.